With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to your table podcast. Hey, podcast. You are listening to your podcast. <laughs> That's to your. You are listening to the Tableau podcast. Welcome to the Tableau podcast. Follow us at the Tableau podcast on IG and Twitter. Review us, rate us, love us, talk with us, hug us. Anyways, we're back. Uh, how have all of you been doing? I've had another busy, busy week. By the way, um, so schools, you know, started for everyone, I guess, in school. Uh, and because I'm a parent, um, that matters to me now, you know? Uh, after college, I was like, I'm done with school. I'm never thinking about <laughs> It's vacation forever. Uh, but now that I'm a dad, um, you know, when Haru goes to school, I'm basically going to school too. So this funny thing happened. Um, so apparently they're going to do like a, like a dress-up day. And the theme is uh, superheroes because I'm, you know, everyone's like into superheroes now. So they're going to do a superhero day and everyone, I guess, comes as their favorite superhero. And some of her friends, like Haru's friends, are going to come as Mantis, you know, from... Um, from Avengers, from Guardians of the Galaxy, um, I'm I'm sure there's gonna be a like a hundred Tony Starks <laughs> and like fifty like Captain Americas and some Thors. And so Haru was telling me, and I was reading the newsletter. I was like, oh, so it's like a superhero day. Like, what do you want to go as? And she's like thinking, and she's like, Daddy, I have the greatest idea. And I'm like, okay. And she always um, she has many of these greatest ideas like at least three four times a day right she'll like wake me up sometimes she'll be like daddy daddy and i'm like it's like six seven in the morning like on a weekend and i'm like what she's like i have the greatest (laughs) idea and i'm like oh what is it what is it she's like you know we get a cat we get like four cats and then we'll have four cats (laughs) i'll be like is that really the idea that you woke me up for? But anyway, so she's like, I have the greatest idea. And I was like, oh, yeah, what could it be? So I'm like, what? And she's like, I want to go as the blip or the blipped. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, so I will go as the blipped. Like Thanos snapped and we disappeared. And I'm like, so you're you're saying you're going to skip school. <laughs> you're not going to be there. And she's like, exactly. Brilliant. Brilliant. Just throwing out great ideas into the world. Some kids are listening right now and they're like, Daddy, <laughs> Mommy, I'm going as the blipped. And she also pointed out that in the movies, they come back five years later. And I was like, how do that's not going to happen? What are you talking about? I'm not, <laughs> you're not going to be blipped for five years and then go back to school like in what, 2024. That's not going to happen, right? I'm going to be arrested. So, anyways, she's thinking of different alternatives, but. Uh, I am going to let her go as the blipped. So basically, I'm going <laughs> to let her skip school because it's such a great idea. It's got to be done. And I will have some of her friends tell the teacher that Haru's been blipped, but um, her dad is working on bringing her back. Anyways, uh, also, I've um, been sitting in on some job interviews recently because um you know, I, I am Epic Eyes company is like an independent company, as I mentioned. 
and we're running everything ourselves. So um, we need, you know, all the help we can we can get. So we have to hire um, like a new employee. Uh, and I've been sitting in on some job interviews, and some of these interviews are like crazy. And I'm glad I mentioned the blipped because that's been happening a lot. I don't know if this is a phenomenon that's like happening everywhere else and or if it's happening just to me. I'm getting a lot of no shows. Okay? Which is really weird because they applied for the job. Like they wanted this job. So what 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 has happened? Like this has happened twice now. Um you know, we decide to meet somewhere for the for the interview and um you know one of our you know people will call the person the night before and be like okay are we on for tomorrow like you know we're just doing it as out of courtesy right it's not even them calling to make sure we'll show up like we are calling them to make sure they will show up and if they wanted to you know if they something came up we would you know accommodate them and we're just trying to be nice and we we get to the interview and um you know the person's not there and like five ten minutes passes and still not showing up so we call they don't pick up their phone and then we text and what happened was we texted and they responded who is this and we're like dude we are you know hours is the name of our company um and we're like we're from ours you have a job interview today like did you did you forget we talked about this yesterday and they're like oh i applied there too uh i'm dude i have another interview today so like can we push it back and we're like what a great way to try to get a job right because so that person's out and we're like you know we took our time you know we took time out of our day to be there and then another thing happened where um this dude we called and you know didn't show up we called and he picks up the phone and he's like oh i'm sick and i'm like and our employee's like well why didn't you tell us like if you woke up this morning and you felt sick why didn't you tell us we would accommodate you know you and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm really sick. Can we do this, like, next week? And I'm like, yeah, it's just okay. It's okay. Just tell them it's fine and just, you know, good luck with your job hunt, your job search. And, um, yeah, I don't get it. I really don't. I really don't get it. And twice this has happened. And uh, it, it's like we're out there and then we're like, what do we do now? Like, you know, we're already out here. Like, and then we have like a meeting where we have no talking points. You know, we have nothing to talk about. And then we just drink some coffee and then we go home. But it's like two days wasted, right? They're early 20s. At the most, mid-20s. And anyways, like, you know, I, I hate like no-shows at restaurants and stuff like that. Um, and... I, I get why restaurant owners or chefs, you know, get so upset about the no-show thing. Because it's like, you wanted the job, you know. We, 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 we asked you when is good for you. And, you know, we wanted to give you an opportunity to work with us. And you wanted it until it was like right in your face. And then, you know, not showing up and not letting us know. I don't know. That has happened. Um, and I've actually done quite a bit of like job interview things. Um, when I was running a label a few years ago, I also did job interviews there. And I, at, at some point I actually said, uh, I actually delegated it to someone else. Cause I was like, I, I'm not sure that I'm a good person to be, um, sitting there because I've had some weird like some weird job interviews. Um, there are certain, <laughs> you know, like they overdress for the 
occasion is what I mean. Like, no, no, I'm not just saying like a suit. Okay, like one person was um was uh I guess like you know very eager to get the job, and um apparently like saw like some of our like cosplaying like on online like Epikai does a lot of cosplay and uh so he dressed up as like some some like character I guess from like a movie but I couldn't recognize it because it wasn't very well done and it, it made the the chemistry of the job interview very very weird um but you know like it could be a plus if if that person was qualified I guess like you know, having a sense of humor. Um, also, also, I call this guy the anarchist. Um, this guy, <laughs> this guy came into a job interview once, and he was like, he he was, he was just very dark. Like he came in, and he's like, he's like, I've had it with the way the record industry is. With all these companies, we have to we have to rage against that machine. And he's like, I am ready to be like a soldier for you so we can crush these other labels. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, intense, right? And you know, but that kind of like fervor is sometimes good. So I'm like Okay, but some of the labels you, you, you are mentioning because you're, you're saying we have to crush all these other labels. Some of these labels are like run by my friends. You know, the artists are like my personal friends. Like I don't want to destroy other people to, you know. And he's like, then we will crush every label other than that label. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, selective intensity, right? <laughs> and he's like... Uh, and he's he he's flat out told me like he's not he's not good with uh, authority like he's not gonna take shit from anyone, and I'm like, is he talking about me as well? Oh God. Um, and and you know, it was too intense, and it got me to thinking. You know, I've never really been in a job interview, and um. You know, my job interview was very different. You know, I had to uh, write a bunch of songs, uh, work really hard to make them good, um, make an album, make a band, and then basically be in a job interview until we made it, right? You know, every performance, every album drop was uh, a job interview until, you know, we were accepted um, by a fandom, basically. So my job interview lasted like two, three years. But um, I've never been in like a formal job interview. So uh, I know that it's very unnerving, um, you know, anxiety ridden. And it must, be, it must be the most difficult thing to do to, to have to explain to somebody like a complete, complete stranger who you are and and why you would add value in like that short of a time right um but i've always been sitting on the other end of you know the other chair where i'm like sitting in on these job interviews and i have to evaluate these people and um i don't know some people that are some of you that are listening right now are probably prepping for like a job interview and very nervous. I don't know what tips I can give. Well, what did you, what were like the big things that made you go, oh, that's it? Here's the thing. I don't know if other people will do this, um, but I really don't like looking at the resume. Um, I just don't trust it because it's a piece of paper where you have to write all the great things about you, right? And um, your livelihood is possibly on the line. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people say you're packing the resume. You're like, you know, you're exaggerating or flat out lying. But I, I wouldn't say that that's what it is. It's like, unless it, unless someone is, you know, like 
forging stuff. But I'm saying a little bit of exaggeration is you're just doing your best to, um, you know, to present yourself in a way where, unfortunately, it's it the system is made so that you have to do that a little bit to get noticed because everyone's qualified these days, right? Um, but I I stopped looking at um like the resume or you know the uh, you know, like the introductory like some 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 people write essays basically explaining themselves and um this one, this one guy I worked with um he one of his um credits was like he he was a very like he was very advanced in um video editing and also creating like designing graphics right designing images it, it said it was very prominent on his resume. And um, we hired him, not for that role. It was for a different role, but that was one of his skills um, that he said he could do. So we hired him, and like a week or two into his, um, you know, his employment, um, there was something very simple that we needed, like a very simple image that we needed to make with like a date for something that, is being you know released or something and he was like he was he was asking he asked me to do it he was like um can you can you do this thing and i was like oh i was gonna actually ask you you to do that and he's like oh but i i don't know how to do that like i don't know how to make images so i can i, I can't do it and then i'm like wait huh did I read it wrong? So I took out the resume <laughs> that I had in my you know, cabinet and I look and I'm like, wait, it says he's very advanced in like designing images and like, you know, illustrator and like, and I'm like, what? And I showed it to two cuts. I'm like, two cuts, come to my room. I'm like, dude, he says he, he can't make the simple like thing, but on his resume do you remember talking about this in the job interview and he's like yeah i remember that what and i'm like and i'm like how do i how do i ask him right because i i i'm very like I, you know i i'm kind of cautious about because i don't know this person that well right i i don't know if he's gonna i don't know what he's like so how do i ask him like dude, did you lie? I, I don't want to do that. Like, so I, I'm like, so I went outside and I'm like, hey, like, um, so can you like edit videos and stuff? Like, cause we do a lot of YouTube videos sometimes. And like, sometimes we're going to have to like ask for help because, you know, it's really hard for me to do it on my own. And he's like, oh, I, 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 I can learn that. Like, I don't know. I can learn it. And I was like, Oh, dude, this guy forgot what he wrote on his resume, right? It's possible that he wrote that for another job and then just reused the resume. And maybe he forgot that he wrote it on there. I don't know. But, you know, things like that have happened. So I, I don't really look at the resume. What I would look for, what I usually look for is um, just just how that person makes me feel. Because... At the end of the day, like regardless of what work we're gonna have to do together, um, or w whatever partnership it becomes, um, I'm gonna have to spend a lot of time with this person, and vice versa. This person's gonna have to spend a lot of time with me. And uh, what a lot of people get wrong about job interviews is it's not a one-way thing. It's not where like the person, the employer, is assessing the employee, the possible like potential employee. The employee also is using that person, you know, has to use that opportunity to assess whether they want to be with that person, right? Whether they want to be with the CEO or with these people that are sitting in front of them with that company in question. So um, I always think about like, am I going to enjoy working with this person? Because if I do enjoy working with them and um, I like being around that person, um, you know, it's it's much easier to get something done and also, you know, much easier to dream together, right? So 
I think, you know, people say like for work on your first impression and stuff like that, but there's really no you know, you can't fake that really. I would advise you not to fake it because it shows, right? Um just be yourself and if you're a good fit, it'll work. Uh and also I would I would advise that you keep in mind that you're also assessing the person sitting in front of you. Um don't feel like you're going into this test or um you're going in to see if that company will like you. You have to first think about whether or not you will like that company, right? If they're asking like douchebaggy questions, right? Or just you know, just generally you know, acting like assholes. I mean, do you really want to impress them? Come on. Um so keep in mind that like, you know, you're the one that's going to be providing help and service and, you know, um providing your intuition, your knowledge, your experience and your time, you know, to 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 that person. So don't don't think that you're the one on on you know on the table i don't know if you guys have heard but um the joker is being made the movie the joker with joaquin phoenix right um it's joaquin phoenix right jo- joaquin phoenix okay because in korea we call him joaquin phoenix um so joaquin phoenix uh apparently this his rendition of the joker like they're talking about like him possibly winning an oscar okay um which is a big deal because comic book films never get oscars they're never even considered um and that's why i was so happy that um you know they acknowledged heath ledger the way they did um it was too late but um i'm glad they did because he did a fantastic job And this movie hasn't come out yet. I've seen the I've seen the um trailer and uh I don't trust tra- trailers uh when they're too amazing and this trailer was pretty amazing. Um so you know, I, I like I mentioned before, I tend to not trust amazing trailers. Um but apparently, you know, from the buzz, it there's Oscar buzz. Like I hear that the film is fantastic. um the acting is incredible because this joker character is seriously it, it's an iconic character it's one of those characters it's like a hamlet character right every actor um you know i'm sure dreams about being the joker um and you know every actor does it a different way and you are okay once you do the joker there are a lot of eyes on you and you know judging your ability to act you know and um because of that it must have been a lot of pressure for uh Joaquin to to do right because Heath Ledger did a great job Jack Nicholson um uh, Jared Leto let's not talk about at the moment um i i still have not comprehended um the complexities of that that rendition um but yeah joker is actually one of my favorite characters i think um it's 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 an it's an incredible character because it's diabolical um it's an evil character that you can uh you know you can uh identify with for some reason like especially heath ledger's joker because this was an evil um you know obviously evil character but he had a strange sense of um uh, a strange moral code right which is very strange for for such an immoral character to have but you know he he wouldn't do things for money he wouldn't be um you know he wouldn't let money move him in any way you know he literally burns like a pile of cash because he deserves uh he thinks that Gotham deserves a better um a better villain you know a better breed of villain which is which is a strange you know moral code in a way and um but anyways it's an interesting character they say this one it has nothing to do with um any comic book 
Uh, it was just treated like like a character study about uh, a man who becomes something like, like someone like the Joker, uh, like what it would take um, to drive a man to that point where he becomes, um, you know, he becomes, you know, the the this chaotic uh, monster basically, and. I'm interested to see, actually. Um, I don't know. I, there are already debates about, like, oh, he's never going to top Heath Ledger's Joker. But what people forget is that uh, when Christopher Nolan um, announced that he had casted Heath Ledger for the Joker role, do you, do you know how much hate Heath Ledger got? Um, it was It was, like, uncalled for. Like, people were like, dude, we had the we had the Jack Nicholson Joker, and now we're going to get Heath Ledger? Come on, like, is this going to be a rom-com? And there was just so much hate. Um, they were like, this is miscasting. You know, he doesn't even look like the Joker. Like, he, you know, he doesn't, you know, nothing he's done in the past shows that he can be the Joker. You know, dude, the, the dude... Amazing acting in Brokeback Mountain. I don't know if that was before Joker, but okay. Well, he's he's obviously a great actor, and that's you know what actors do is they take on roles that seemingly you know don't suit them, but you know kill it. That's what actors do. You're acting, but anyways, Heath Ledger got you know clowned on, pun intended. Uh, when he got announced. And then when the movie came out and, you know, he just, he, you know, just kicked everyone's ass, basically. You know, it was just so well done. Everyone's like, oh, my God, he's the greatest Joker ever. And now he's the standard for, um, you know, comparing any future Jokers. And that's one of the things that, like, you know, in the age of, like, Twitter and IG and, like, just all this instant stuff, um, everyone feels the need to react to things that everything, too many things are premature, like, reactions, right? Like, dude, the movie hasn't even come out yet. Like, when they announced Heath Ledger and everyone was like, you know, he's not right for this role, dude. We have not seen a single clip. Like, what are we basing this on? Like, give it a minute. And then if it's bad, you know, we are actually talking about something that is physically there. You know, like there's evidence. Um, can we like hold on for a minute? But, you know, uh, I, if I was running a film studio right now, like it would be it would be a difficult job because you don't even, you know, before the movie comes out, everyone has made their mind up because everyone feels the need to react. And literally, there is nothing there for you to react to yet, you know, except the name, like, wait. Um, and it must be very difficult for creators. What am I saying? I'm a creator, now that I think about it. And it's the same thing for music, too, actually. Like, Increasingly, the name of the album and the name of songs, like the names of the songs, matter so much because even before we play a second of the music, um, people make up their minds about it. It's, it's something that, that, that does happen. Like, if you know, if you, if you have the greatest album ever, but the title seems kind of boring. You know, uh, people will seriously be like, hey, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like the dark music that I wanted or, you know, the whatever, right? And um, so it it does like creep into our creative process when we, when we think about that because people react to track lists now the way people used to react to albums. You know, like when, when in the age of CDs, um, you know, reviews were slower 
because people had to actually go there and like line up and like buy a CD and rip the plastic off, which was really hard to rip off for some reason. They booby trapped it. <laughs> I don't know why they made it that way. They had like these plastic, you know, apparatus. Like, anyways, you have to rip it off and then you have to like get it into a CD player, listen to the thing, and then you write something, but your modem's slow. And then, like you know, it was still the age of print, so you waited until you waited like a week or two until like the first review came out, and then like you talked about it with your friends at school, and then you know the word spread. But now it's like, it, like just a track list will generate so much response and so much like conversation, and they haven't heard any of the music yet. And I think it it might affect certain um, producers or musicians, right? Because if people are making up their minds just based off like who's featured or like you know the name of the project or whatever, um, it's really hard to bring them away from what they they are already already like convinced of. And I liked your old stuff is something um, okay. So, whenever, like, a new Joker movie comes out, um, before Heath Ledger, it was, is he going to be able to top Jack Nicholson? He's never going to be able to top Jack Nicholson. And then after Heath Ledger, it's like, dude, we already have, like, the greatest, you know, Joker ever, Heath Ledger. Like, why do we need another Joker? You know, they're, gonna, they're not going to do it justice. Um, I think... Musically, that's like the equivalent of like, I like his old stuff. I like your old stuff. And um, a lot of musicians are obviously bothered by that because, for example, like Kanye, uh, when he had that album, like a few albums back, mm -hmm. no, he had like uh, on Life of Pablo, he had like a song like, you know, people want the old Kanye. And for you to make like a self you know conscious like self-aware song like that means that like it's bothering you right that people are saying you know i like your old stuff and what a lot of musicians do is that they get so bothered by it that they will um they will make an effort to uh go back to their you know st old style and the thing thing with that is, is I think that's a very dangerous thing to do um, um, because because you're forcing yourself into like a state of mind and a and a state of time that has already passed and it's okay for that to have passed everyone's time goes forward exactly the same and um, but personally when I hear stuff like that I don't take it as like a lot of musicians take that as like a like a you know like something that hurts them or something but i take it as a huge compliment i'm like dude thank you for supporting me in 2006 thank you for supporting the music i did in 2009 or 2011 or 2013 like thank you very much for um still loving the old stuff that you're mentioning right because that's that's great. Um, and I, I don't think of my previous albums as um, something that no longer matters. To me, it's still in progress. All of my albums before the, the album I'm working on right now are just as immediate and um, relevant to me as, you know, we, because they're still being heard and people are still making um, opinions, still having opinions about it, which means that the, the, the album is still like a breathing thing. It's still evolving. And so I don't really think too much about when people say, like, I like your old stuff. Uh, I think that's a compliment. Yeah. And hopefully I can make some of those people like my new stuff as well. Because there's a lot of people on the flip side who only know my new stuff and don't know any of my old stuff. And 
I know this because every show we do, the age remains constant, like the majority, which is strange, right? Like when we first started, the majority of our fans were like in their late um, like teens to their early to possibly like middle of their 20s. Okay, that was our biggest, um, you know, age demographic. And 16 years has passed since then, but our demographic remains exactly the same, which means that, um, you know, new, new fans are coming in, right? And I get a lot of, like, tweets or, like, you know, just messages from fans where they are asking... Uh, to be introduced to our prior work because they only know our recent album, which is a great thing, right? Which is which I'm very grateful for. Um, but I'm saying, like, you know, uh, people who like the old stuff, hopefully, you know, they will check out the new stuff too. And people who only know the new stuff, hopefully they will check out the old stuff too because this all matters to me. I mean, this is all something I worked really hard on. And... Um, back to the Joker thing, I think it's possible to appreciate Jack Nicholson's Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker, and Joaquin's Joker, and even Jared Leto's Joker. Um, it's totally okay to appreciate all of them at the same time in different ways, right? I mean, they, why must we compare the Jokers? Why must we compare the albums? Like, they're different, right? There's... You know, like, J. Cole had a line. I think it was J. Cole. Like, why can't there be room for two legends? Right? And I totally agree. Like, dude, everyone's got their own lane. And if we force everyone into one lane, I mean, it's fun watching the competition, but there's going to be a lot of car crashes. Just allow... There's enough, you know, space to have billions of lanes. And, uh... I, I, I don't know why I, you know, started spiraling into talking about this, but I think, yeah, the whole idea of, like, just it's okay for these things to coexist. We don't have to keep comparing them and, you know, demeaning something to uplift another thing. And uh, I, I think I think that's something I wanted to get at with this Joker thing because... Yeah, because when that Heath Ledger announcement came out, I was like, dude, I don't know how he's going to do, but none, none of you do either. Let's wait a bit. You know, it, it could be bad, but it could be amazing. And it turned out amazing. Um, and immediately they used that to compare every other Joker. Like, okay, Jared Leto's Joker. I don't know if you've seen Suicide Squad. Okay, well, Jared Leto's Joker, guys... Who, you guys have seen it, right? The people that have seen it are probably like, oh, that was weird. Okay. <laughs> um, it's not like a critically acclaimed uh, rendition of the Joker. But I'm saying like, you know, a lot of it though was because he was also compared to the previous Jokers, you know? And he probably felt a lot of pressure like in his defense probably felt huge pressure and wanted to do it in a way where it was so different from the previous jokers so that he wouldn't be compared you know but it, unfortunately it it made him more compared but i'm saying that's probably something that was like weighing on his mind uh and and i'm talking about not just about like movies i'm not just talking about like music um, everyone that's listening right now, there are things in your life that you can identify with, right? Like, um, it's impossible to always do the same thing over and over again, right? You're progressing, like time moves on. So you have to continue to do things at that moment. And, you know, you can't just hold on to your, like, glorious like golden age and never let go because you will be stuck and well i don't mean to um take all of this because i just wanted to talk about this joker movie coming out because 
I'm excited. Um, I don't know why I did a deep dive into all of this, but um, I think what I'm trying to say is, like, let's not compare everything to things that happened in the past, right? Like, let's look at the thing for what it is at that time and judge it on its own merit. And I think that applies to everything, right? Like, one of the things you say to, you know, one of the things that friends often say to each other or, like, lovers very often say to each other, and I think we say it too many times, is you've changed, right? Well, obviously, I've changed. Time has changed. Look out the window. The world has changed. If we haven't changed at all, that means we're not growing, right? Of course, you know, in instances where you've changed for the worse, you know, that needs to be pointed out. I agree. But um, many times we just throw around the word you've changed because um, we have like a fixed idea of what was great, you know, those great highlight moments. And and whatever we're looking at right now, like we're looking into the mirror, looking at myself or like we're looking at our loved one or our, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend. And we're like, I remember like a highlight moment of this person a few years ago. I like the old you, you know, because that moment was great. But why can't that moment just be great? And also this moment be something else. Right. Why must we compare the present, this moment in front of our eyes, to Jack Nicholson's Joker? Why must we do that? You know, let every Joker be its own Joker and let yourself right now be yourself. You don't have to live up to your highlight reel. Okay? Don't do that. That's all I wanted to say. I don't even know if this makes logical difference sense but when has the tableau podcast ever made logical sense and also while i'm at it i don't know if you enjoyed this episode but even if you didn't enjoy it as much as the previous episodes like any of the previous episodes let this episode just be its own episode dude <laughs> just judge me on the merit of this episode don't talk about the old episode. I like the old episode. Anyways, um, I was looking at my DMs. Well, not my DMs. It's the Tableau podcast. And, hey, there's a conspiracy theory, okay? With, with the Spider-Man meme going around, like, you know the Spider-Man meme where there's, like, it's like an animated meme with Spider-Man pointing at another Spider-Man, like the identical, like, clone of himself? Okay, people are saying that I am running uh, the Tableau podcast, like IG or Twitter or whatever, and I am t like tweeting to to me my blow by blow, and I'm responding as blow by blow. So I'm like playing all of it like a puppet master. Well, okay, I don't have the time to do it. I can't run the Tableau podcast, Twitter, and IG. I have to run a company. I'm running a company. I'm like, you know, doing multiple shows in like various different countries, you know, and I'm also like working on music. I'm doing this podcast. I'm like raising a daughter. You know, I, I am like building a beautiful life with my wife. Like I, I have many, many things. I'm like trying to set up a new studio where I can like, you know, work on stuff like there's just a lot going on, okay? And, and actually, oh, shit. I just realized that, like, me over-explaining this situation is, is just feeding the conspiracy. Yeah, oh, my God. I'm a master of conspiracy theories, by the way. Like, I used to be a huge, like, conspiracy theory buff. And, um, you know, I was actually at the center of a conspiracy once. So I have, like, this personal, like, intimate relationship of love and hate with the with this thing called conspiracy. And one of the things that, like, if you ever want to, um, like, deflect, like, conspiracy theories, like, if you 
don't want conspiracy theories to get out of control, one of the things you got to do is you you can't over-explain yourself. Okay? Like, and even if you're totally justified and you have facts and you got to say them, right? Because you don't want people to, like, you know, make up things. But um, if you over-explain, it just creates, it just feeds the fuel. So you got to have a simple explanation. And I just, I just totally fed the conspiracy, dude. I, I over-explained. Oh, my God. Okay, let me do it again. It's not me. I simply don't have the time. I'm just too busy. Yeah. You just lowered your own justification. Yeah, I, I don't even care. I don't even care about the conspiracy. What? <laughs> what conspiracy? I'm talking to myself on Twitter? Makes no sense. Anyways, uh, before we close, there was a DM that was a call to action. So, Dead Oaks. Okay, that's a that's a grim. That's a pretty grim uh, handle. Dead Oaks says, "Here's a super original and spectacular idea for the podcast." Actually, it's not original at all, but really fun is what she says. How about you ask your fans and listeners for their most embarrassing stories, and then read them out loud. And share some of your own embarrassing stories. Well, I'm pretty sure I started off this podcast with a pretty embarrassing story uh, on the uh, the Brussels incident, um, episode two. Here I am plugging my old episode. <laughs> Go check that out if you haven't. Um, but anyways, that's a uh, that's gonna be interesting. Uh, DM us your most embarrassing stories, and if they're hella funny. Um, that's a plus. Um, I've had many, 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 many embarrassing moments, but I'm very good with embarrassment. Like, um, I went to a Starbucks in Terano, uh, which is like a very busy place, and um, it was like during lunchtime. So, every, like all these people that were working at different companies there, um, they were gathered at that Starbucks, and I was bringing out like this tray with the cups and taking it out and as soon as I walked out I I fell like really bad coffee flying everywhere and I just landed on my ass like my ass and my back like just floored <laughs> on the ground and it and people were like walking by and it was like a huge crowd right and here's like tableau in broad daylight, just <laughs> fucking on the ground. And the thing is, um, I realized in that split second that if I get up right away or try to get up right away, it's going to look awkward. It's going to look goofy, right? Because I'm, there's coffee all over me and, you know, I'm like flustered. So as as I was falling, I was like, this is going to, okay, it's, this is going to hurt, but not as much as the embarrassment, Okay. The embarrassment is always worse than the pain when you fall in situations like that. So I was like, this is going to be embarrassing. So I, boom, get down, coffee flying everywhere, all over my face, all over my body. I'm like, oh, God. And people are like, <gasps> and I just stayed on the ground for like a, for a good, like, good while. I just stayed there and I just looked into the, looked into the sun and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm like fine right here. I am perfectly confident about like my place in the world right now with my back and ass to the ground. And uh, if any of you are like laughing at me, you know, whatever. I'm perfectly happy with where I am right now. And I was just lying there and um, no one laughed. They were like, okay, they just walked by. Some people were stepping over me. It was fine. Anyways, I'll see you guys next week.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.